A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast here from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure once again to be in your company. If this is the first time you've ever come across us, don't forget, you can subscribe via iTunes, hit that button. Uh, and you can also get an Android feed if you need it via our website, TalkSport.com. Now, on Saturday night, it was action-packed. We had guests galore coming your way. Uh, and Don McGuinness was up in Manchester taking in the big, quick Carol fight. And that's where we'll start, actually, because it was press week all last week. We went up with our microphones and we interviewed the two main protagonists. Scott Quigg first, and then you'll hear John O'Carroll. Scott Quigg, welcome back to the UK. How are you, mate? It's good to be back. I'm good. Oh, good. Good to be back. This way, have you, you ain't brought any of that uh, Los Angeles weather with you, have you? Well, I say it's good to be back. I might be lying there. Okay. No, I'm enjoying being back in the gym with all the lads and Joe, uh, but I'm definitely missing the weather. Talk to me about that transition. Is it like putting on an old pair of slippers, going back to the uh, Gallagher gym? Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, we just dropped back in straight away, like I said, made the phone call. First day I went back in the gym, it was just like I'd, uh, I'd never left, to be honest with you. I know all the lads, me and Joe, Jill, and, you know, everything's just fitted into place you know just like it always was at the press conference you were talking about this being a must win fight you've been in big nights before regarding this one though because I know you've got ambitions to obviously crack on and become a two time world champion is that how you're seeing this is it you're you're seeing this as an opportunity to maybe make a statement to get the attention of some of the champions that are out there yeah we've had that obviously this is a must win fight Uh, he's not on my level you know and I've got to be taking him out and, and that's what I've got to do and that's that's all that I'm thinking of. I'll get in there and I'll take him out, take him out in good fashion, and then, like I say, I need to make waves, you know, to put all the, you know, get my name back amongst the, you know, the world champions. What did you make of his performance against Tevin Farmer when he went over to Philadelphia? He lost obviously that night, but it was world title level. What did you see in his game that night that maybe you can exploit? He got picked apart. Uh, he was. You know, he gave a good effort, but it, when it, when you actually break it down and you look at it, um, there was nothing that you know, he, he was chipped away. He was deflated, and you know, it's all right. He, again, he, he's he comes forward. He's tough. He's you know he, he trains hard. He's dedicated. He's a fit kid. Um, but Farmer played with him. Regarding you and weight. Where are you happy at, happiest at this moment? Obviously, former super bantamweight world champion. Could you make feather? Could you make even? Could you go up even further no, no, after I, super no, feather? I, I, I could make. I probably could make feather. 
Um, the reason why I ask is because I see opportunities at Feather, well, you know what I mean? I'm going to say there's opportunities though, yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm, I, I could make Feather, but I'm happy training. Um, though there's no, I feel good in the gym and, and I'm handling myself with, with the bigger guys, no problem. Um, but like I said, the, if the opportunities does come up at Feather, yeah. then that would be, it wouldn't be just ignored. You know, I'd look at what it is. So therefore, as a, as a British fight fan that might uh, get a little bit excited, if Josh Warrington maybe was looking for a little bit of a knock for his world title, you'd oh, make Featherweight. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> the big um, names, though, because obviously you've been, you have been spending a lot of time in America and you've made a bit of a name there, obviously, off the back yeah. of the Valdez fight, no question about that. Super Featherweight, everybody seems to be moving up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's talks of the Santa Cruz's of this world and yeah. Valdez, you, your old adversaries yeah, up there yeah. as well, you know what I mean? Again, you're smiling, but... The biggest names are probably at Super Feather right now, and and that's where I want to be, and they're the fights I want to be involved in, um, and like I say, to be involved in them, I've got to stay at Super Feather, yeah. and first of all, take care of business on Saturday and smash this um, Muppet to pieces. I like the way that you remembered that you're on the radio. Then well done, <laughs> mate. Um, recently, we were over in the states uh, at the Fury Wilder camp, and Jamal Herring was there. Obviously, yeah. he might be lining something up with Carl Frampton yeah. again. There might be something there. Yeah that you might be looking towards because we love narratives in boxing, don't we? And if you've got history with people... Definitely. If you've got, obviously, this, this history there um, and it, it makes, you know, makes more of a talking point and it, and it makes, you know, more of an interesting fight. Like I say, I think if um, Cal can get that fight, I think it's a tough fight. But listen, at that level, you know, he, he can pull it off. You know, Herring's a decent fighter as well, so it's, it's a tough fight. Mm -hmm. um, but listen, if he could get that, you know, fair play to him. So after he beat me, he went on and did great things. So, um, you know, he's doing what he's doing in his career. And hopefully I can become world champion and you never know, that, that fight can happen again. What does it mean to be back in Manchester this weekend then? Oh, it's good. The smile says it all. The rock and roll star to, uh, to bring you in? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be done, mate. Is it? Is is that you now? Are you are you are you UK based or have, uh, has Hollywood got you a little bit? As maybe when you call time on this, is uh, are you going to get a little mansion in the Hollywood Hills, living next door to Schwarzenegger or something? I mean, I, I'm thinking. You enjoy that sunshine, don't you, son? Once I pack it in, I'm thinking I could end up over there, you know. But you never know. First thing first, most important thing, that beard is looking absolutely <laughs> trimmed, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, do you know what? My barber messed it up the other day. So I done it myself this morning. It doesn't look bad if I do say so myself. <laughs> so you at previous press conferences, and you do like to get inside people's heads. You like the yeah. psychological warfare. Very cool, calm, relaxed, though, today. Very respectful. Obviously, ahead of a major fight on Saturday evening. Yeah, because the thing is, I've already sold the show in the first press conference. I, I do like to get into Fighter's head, but at the same time, uh, I believe I'm already in his head, there's no even need to do it. Scott takes things very personal. You know, it's like arguing with a little child. So, um, <laughs> I didn't need to do it today. The, the hard work has been done for me in the gym. The tickets have been sold, I'm ready, I'm here. So I just don't, I don't feel like I actually need to go and sell it more and be disrespectful because I'm not a disrespectful person, you know? Uh, I gave the man respect today because he is due respect. He's a former world champion. But uh, I'm just gonna let my fist do the talking on Saturday. Even though I like to let me mount run sometimes, but it is what it is. What have you seen in his game that you can take advantage of? Uh, there's a lot I can take advantage of, to be honest. His hand speed isn't amazing, so there's going to be times where he's going to throw and I'm just going to come over the top and ping the head off him. Uh, there's times where he's going to come, come straight at me. I'm going to hurt him to the body. Uh, I'm going to sidestep him all day, give him angles all day long. 
he needs to plant his feet to throw shots and throw punches. So I'm just going to keep him off balance, keep pushing him off balance, rough him up a little bit, do whatever I need to do to get the win. Is that the plan to to work him down? Because you made a, you made a reference yourself regarding obviously how hard you hit or how hard he thinks you hit. Is it a case of working him down down, down the back end of the stretch? I can definitely break him down. The age he's at now at this stage, not even the age that because he's not even that old. It's the fact that he's he's had it. He's had he's been in the limelight for such a long time. He's been in some wars, and he can talk about being over with Freddie Roach's gym. That sometimes when you're having them wars in the gym it's not good for you it's not good for the brain it's not good for the sharpness and it can take a toll on, on injuries and whatnot you know so at his age i just think i'm going to break him down in there them injuries are going to show up and uh, if i see a weakness in his arm i'm going to take him apart trust me having a former world champion on your resume after the back of what you did over in the states in philadelphia with seven farmer propels you back into that American limelight, let's say, where, where the champions are all sitting at super featherweight. That yeah. must uh, that must get you, like you said, get you out of bed in the morning at six o'clock to go and do your runs. Yeah, most definitely. You know, it is what it is. I came up short against Evan Farmer, but that was down to my own doing. You know, it was a little bit immature in my approach. Uh, when I got too close to him, I got too happy and I just thrown a lot of punches. You know, they weren't top quality punches, what they should have been. And we walked on top quality punches in the gym. So it just it didn't come to fruition when, when uh, I hit the stage. And that is all down to experience. I put all those things down to experience. Now I've gained that experience. I just believe that uh, right now I'm at the perfect time in my career. I'm at the perfect age. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling happy, you know. I'm feeling content and where I'm at. I feel like I'm learning every single day. And uh, yeah, it's just a good time for me right now. You live for moments like this, don't you? The Lions sure. Den, going into the Lions Den? 100%. Listen, if your life is boring, what's the point of living? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like risk it all for me. It's like, the thing is for me, I just... I don't like to go in and, and fight someone that I know I'm kind of going to beat. I half underestimate them and I don't work too hard in the gym and I don't enjoy it. You know, it's, it's an effort to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. But when you have someone like Scott Quigg, a big name, you know you need to be ready because you know he's coming ready, you know. So uh, it just gives me that little fire in my belly. It makes me do the things that maybe you don't... Maybe if the, the more I'm at that world level, the better you're going to see of me, you know. It just pushes me to be a better fighter. And uh, we all seen that when I fought Tevin Farmer. I stepped up a level. And I always did. When I, when I fought in prize for it, I stepped up a level. Like, when I usually step up in these levels, I'm usually ready and prepared. Mentally, I'm always prepared. Mentally. Um, but physically, the last time, I, I was prepared physically, obviously, because I thrown so many punches. But I was just a little bit immature in my approach. And that's all that let me down that time, you know? Even when I was speaking to Jojo Diaz after he won the belt, and... <laughs> I said, mate, I set the blueprint for that win and you know it. And I put lappy faces and he texts me back. I was like, no, nah, you actually did, mate. He was like, I watched that fight the morning of my fight because I knew that was the way to beat him. I was like, I just got too greedy. And like, and he said, yeah, 100% mate. Right, you look at that fight and he done exactly what I done, except he done my game plan, but I just, I just, I just verted off my game plan. I didn't, I didn't stick to it, you know? So that was my own fault. Um, and he got a cut as well, so... You know, it was like same thing almost happened. I got the cup, but I panicked when I got the cup, whereas he didn't. Fair play to him. He deserves his world title because he was able to keep calm and collected under that mental stress, you know? Following on from that, I think we should hear from Matchroom's main man, Eddie Hearn, who's been making fights left, right and centre for us, including that Canelo one. Is it confirmed yet? Is it not confirmed yet? Don McGuinness asked the question. Give us a bit of an insight into your life, Eddie, at the minute. <laughs> you don't want to know. I was in Dallas last week. I don't even know where I am, really. What country are we in? Uh, I'm, I was in Dallas last week for a big show out there. 
and then I flew to Miami for a TV uh, conference that I was speaking at and then last night flew to London and then London flew to Manchester this morning and now we're here. So are you staying put in Manchester for a couple of days? Or no, you I'm going back tonight, uh, driving back to London. Uh, we've got meetings tomorrow and then we've got uh, a big announcement on... Uh, no, we've got another announcement on Friday and then next week we've got press conferences in Cardiff, in London to announce two new shows as well. Yeah, and then of course we've got Fight Night on Saturday with Quig against John O'Carroll. So just, just non-stop, mate. And about this one, do you really expect them to both just find each other straight away in the middle? Basically. I mean, I don't, I've never seen Jono or Scott Quigg fight any other way. You know, one time when Scott Quigg fought Carl Frampton, it was probably a little bit too defensive. And since then, I've never seen him fight any other way. I mean, the Oscar Valdez fight, his last performance. You look at John O'Carroll's recent performances against Fremois, against uh, Tevin Farmer for the World Championship. Everything's been all action. And I think they're going to meet each other head on. And I think there's going to be no feeling out. I think they're going to go at it. And I think we're going to get an absolute war. We're going to get a brilliant fight. And it's one of those fights, great crossroads fights, where Scott Quigg absolutely must win on Saturday night. And John O'Carroll, who is coming off a world championship defeat, is one fight away from challenging again. Great character, great personality, great talker. Could be a star in the game. But he's got his hands full with a very good and a very powerful Scott Quigg, who is basically fighting for his career on Saturday night. Scott comes through, I'm just thinking in terms of Quigg, because obviously he's had the world title and mm. everything else. Is it straight into another shot? How do you see it panning out? I think so. I mean, look, I'd love him to fight the winner of Carl Frampton against James Herring for the Super Featherweight world title. You've also got the rematch that we're putting on between Jojo Diaz and Tevin Farmer. He could fight the winner of that fight. You've got Bachelt there as well. I think a victory against John O'Carroll would give him the right to go on and fight for a world championship. But this is going to be a tricky fight. Jono is full of energy, you know, he's leaping around, he's sort of head-to-head -head there, he's ready to go. And, uh, you know, this is a very tough fight for both. In my opinion, a complete 50-50 fight. And, of course, you're going to be back in Manchester pretty soon after yeah. because it's the big boys again. There's mm. a lot of big boys around yes, at the moment, yes. isn't there? And for Dillian against Povetkin, it's mm. a mouth-watering one. He can't afford any slip-up if he wants to get where he has, well, been in the promised land, I suppose, for so long, hasn't he, in terms of being there and not getting his shot? You know, I can't believe that Dillian White continues to take these kind of fights. You know, he's in the mandatory position. He is now the mandatory challenger to Tyson Fury. He's just got to wait till February to get it. But he don't want to wait. He wants to have fights. But to go on and fight someone like Alexander Povetkin, who is one of the most dangerous punchers in the division, he's a top 10 fighter, but Dillian loves it. He loves it. You know, he says that he wants maximum violence. This is like what he, when we sat down earlier this year, he said that in 2020, he just wants maximum violence. I didn't quite know what it meant, but he told me that the fight against Alexander Povetkin would provide that. Two of the best left hookers in the division. I mean, someone's going to sleep on May the 2nd at Manchester Arena. So, you know, as, as someone said, bring your pillow, one of these boys, because these boys will, will exchange up left hooks non-stop throughout the night. Do not blink because two very good heavyweights, two top 10 heavyweights in a great fight made a second Manchester Arena. Elsewhere with the big lads, we know where we are roughly now at the minute, obviously yep. with Joshua mm -hmm. and Pulev at the Spurs Stadium. Mm -hmm. That's a great night to look yep. forward to. And again, you see no issue, presumably, if Wilder Fury happens and everything else, it will be the big decider, if you like, before the end of the year. Yeah, I think you got basically, someone said the other day, the two kind of semi-finals, yep. uh, one in June with Joshua against Pulev and one in July with Fury against Wilder. And we're happy now, and there's been plenty of conversations with Bob Arum and MTK, we're happy to do the deal now 
for the winner of that fight. Where would that be? Wherever it's decided amongst the teams. In an ideal world in the UK, that would only limit us to Millennium Stadium in December. Maybe we do two fights. Maybe we do one abroad, could go to Vegas, could go somewhere else, and then in the summer, return back to the UK. The key is to make the fight. But we're happy to make that fight now with Tyson Fury or with Deontay Wilder as an option. We don't mind that. We don't care who wins. We just want the belt. AJ just wants to be undisputed. Now, obviously, Saudi is going to keep getting mentioned mm -hmm. because of the site fee and everything sure. else. Is it realistic that we could expect promoters to turn that down for a UK fight that would generate a lot less money? To be honest, as much as promoters get a bad rep, the ultimate decision will go with the fighters. The fighters want that fight in the UK. But of course, there is an amount of money that would change that, that opinion. And, you know, like I say, I believe that this fight will be two fights, could even be a trilogy. Certainly one of them has to be in the UK. December is always a little bit tricky to stage a major fight in the UK. It leaves us, as I said, with only one option in the Millennium Stadium. It is a great stadium. But you are talking about three or four times more money to do it elsewhere. Even on June the 20th, Anthony Joshua has probably turned down three times the money to stage this fight in the UK. He just wants to fight in London again. So right now, that's the least of my concern. The, the concern is more the structure of the deal, the networks, how the fight is placed, aired around the world. We know the split is pretty much a common sense thing that seems to be adhered by everybody. Let's go and let's concentrate on the fights in front of us. Let's not slip up. You know, Pulev, it's a tough fight. I'm beaten for many years. He's a mandatory challenger. He can punch, you know, for Fury. No mistakes against Deontay Wilder. Both of you guys win those fights and we'll sign the contract now. I know you've got a plane to catch in about 30 seconds, yeah. so one more question. Can you clear up the Canelo situation? Mm -hmm. Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, what's going to happen? Not really, is the answer to your question. Um, it will be one of those two. Uh, I keep hearing different stories every day. I think Billy Joe Saunders is the front runner right now. Um, but again, it's eight weeks on Saturday. So we haven't yet to receive any contracts. Uh, we wait. We're being told that's imminent for either guy and a decision from Canelo. Um, but I expect one of those two guys to get the Canelo Alvarez on May the 2nd. One of the fights that Eddie has made is Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. May the 2nd is when it all goes down. Again, it was press week for that last week, so Don McGuinness went with his microphone to speak to the body snatcher. Well, Dillian, yeah. you've done your head-to-head -head now with... Pavetkin. There's mm -hmm. a lot of respect there between you two. You had yeah, a little yeah. cuddle there and a bit of a huddle. Were you having a little chat? What was said? Yeah, no, we were just talking about some stuff. There's a few bits, you know, um, you know, wishing each other good luck and whatever. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's a nice guy. The guy's a true professional. I ain't got, I got nothing but respect and time for him. He's a nice guy, you know. But come May 2nd, like I say, it's maximum violence, you know. I want to hurt him and destroy him as much as I can and break him down as much as I can. Do you see him as a similar character to you, but he will fight anybody? Yeah, yeah, he will fight anyone and he'll leave it in the ring as he's showing time and time again. I remember watching him when I was Klitschko's sparring partner, I had like 10, 12 fights or whatever it was, and I see Klitschko hitting him with bombs and couldn't do nothing to him. And I, in that camp, I see Klitschko knocking out sparring partners left, right and centre with 20-ounce gloves on, and Klitschko's hitting him with absolute clean shots with 10-ounce, and I couldn't put him away. So, you know, he, you know, he, he's a good fighter. He'd be good. 
Could you not have had an easier challenge? Well, you might, you're WBC manager, we know about that. That's been going on forever, mm. it seems. So could, yeah, you, yeah. could you have picked a, maybe an easier task? Or is this what you think will get everyone's attention? I, I could, but I don't, I don't learn anything. I'm still learning. I'm still a relative novice. People forget. People say, this guy's had only 50 amateur fights. I had seven. I'm still learning. I'm still working. I'm still improving. I'm still getting better. So for me, it's just a, a good fight. One for me to be on my P's and Q's with and stay sharp with, you know? And um, and it's a good learning fight for me as well. Dangerous learning fight. Now we know the past year has not been great for you. How mm. are you mentally dealing with everything? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a good place again. I was, you know, I was angry for a few months after. I was angry for. I was a bit f-ed off and angry because, you know, the whole thing was just a joke. But it is what it is. You know, obviously, that's life. You got to take the ups and downs and the thick and thins, and that's it. You know. No, you can't look beyond. Povetkin, we know that. It's a cliche, but it's true because we know how dangerous he is. He's a dangerous but, guy. but we also know what the heavyweight scene is all about at the minute and just how yeah. exciting it is. And domestically, you've got Joyce Dubois. Then we know what Fury's just done against Wilder. Joshua's fighting Pulev. I mean, where do you want to be amongst all of that? You know, I just focus on Povetkin, man. We see what happened after that. You know, listen, that's a, you don't overlook someone like that. It's dangerous. You can see in his eyes, he's confident. And he's seen it all. He's fought, he's fought probably about 30 guys just like me before as amateur and pro, so he's not phased, he don't care. You know, you see he was looking, he was smiling, he's confident and he's up for it. He looks already in good shape as well. Well, everything goes well for you on May the 2nd. Mm. I mean, what's the dream then? Is it just the WBC? Is it Fury? Do you think that that ship sailed now I, I with everything care. that's going on? I just want to fight the best fighters in the world, man. You know, like I said, I still want to fight Deontay Wilder. I still think he's a good fighter and I still, will give him, I still want to give him that rep for making me wait so long. So I don't really care. I just want to fight the best guys. That's it. Whoever is the best, that's all I want to fight and do, man. That's You've had a it. bit of back and forth with Wilder, haven't you? In social media and everything else, you've had your say. No, I've just been laughing because <laughs> I think it's hilarious that I'm there. The guy said he's a killer, he's this, he's a king, he's this and the other. Then he, he says his, his outfit is too heavy. Like, this jacket weighs about 40 pounds. And um, you don't see me, you know, my legs is pretty strong, look, they're strong. My legs are strong. Well, with that in mind, how impressed then were you with Fury? Fury done great. He can't take nothing away from me, he done good. But the interwell was also so sh- yeah, But Fury did also promise you that shot. He said that he well, would give you a Fury shot. Talk sh- though, man. Tyson Fury talk sh- he says a lot of things. He said he was going to fight me before. If the WBC gives a diamond belt, they did. And then he said he's not fighting me. And then now he said, oh, he's going to fight Derek Cesar and Joshua instead of me. You know, the guy, the geezer is, let's see, man. Let's see. Let's see. Well, we look forward to seeing you in Manchester. You're looking forward to fighting up here again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Manchester is a great fight city. You know what I mean? And it's good. It's, you know, I'm at, I think people from London like coming to Manchester as well because it's a weekend away from the missus and the kids, isn't it? You know, so you and the lads, you know, so it's good. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. 
Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, you might have seen on your social media feed, The Zone are coming to the UK. Who are The Zone? Well, they're the -the over-the-top streaming service that Eddie Hearn has teamed up with over in the United States. But they're coming to our market, and how will that affect you as a consumer of fight sports here in the UK? Well, we spoke uh, to the main man, Joseph Markowski. He joined us on the show to give us the lowdown. You've announced this week that you're expanding. You're going into not just UK, but several other territories, 200 other territories. Talk to me about those plans and talk to me about price points and how British fight fans are going to be affected. Yeah, listen, big announcement for us. Obviously, we've been building up our business um, market by market over the last four years. Uh, We launched in Japan and in Germany in 2016, and uh, we're currently in nine markets, including, um, including the US, obviously, where I'm based. Um, we saw an opportunity to, to rapidly scale our expansion, um, and I'm very proud to say that you know less than four years into our uh, journey as a broadcaster, um, we're going to be the first truly global sports broadcaster come May the second. And um, for us, that's, that's obviously very exciting, and it carries a whole load of strategic benefit for our business. So, something we've been planning for a while, and something we're um, very excited to get going with. I know you've interested in other sports as well, and we'll, we'll speak about those in a moment, but us being the fight night show here on TalkSport, we'll, we'll stick with boxing just for, for a short period of time. For consumers here uh, in the UK, am I right in thinking that initially, when this all starts in May, you're hopefully launching with the, with the Canelo fight, and uh, the, the Canelo fights, the, Gold, uh, the Triple G fights, and the, uh, and the Golden Boy fights, and the Matchroom USA fights, they'll be on the zone, whereas... Some of the other ones, like the Matchroom UK ones for this time being, and Anthony mm-hmm. Joshua fights, will still be on yeah. uh, traditional platforms like Sky Sports that the people have been used to purchasing here in the UK. Yeah, that, that's correct. Well, what we're effectively doing is taking our uh, the, the shows and the fights that we own globally and making them available globally on the zone. Up until now, the content we've owned, um, like the Golden Boy shows, like the Canelo shows, like the Matchroom USA shows, we've been selling those to international broadcasters including sky in the uk yeah. uh what, we, what we're doing from may is no longer doing that uh, we're broadcasting that content ourselves um on the zone and um that is really what i'd call phase one of the of the global expansion it's using the content we own in a different way on our own platform rather than, than, than trading it selling it uh, and that will allow us to really learn more about countries like the uk countries like australia which we believe are uh, going to be strong markets for us with that content. Um, we're, we're not coming in and saying we're going to be the number one sports broadcaster in all these countries. We're not initially. That's not the ambition. The ambition initially is to 
is to come in, learn about the markets, um, engage with, with, with primarily hardcore boxing fans, mm. uh, and, and, and then use those learnings and the data we'll capture um, to guide our onward sort of investment planning and decision making about where we expand and, and sort of deepen investment. Um, I, I very much hope the UK, as a, speaking as a Brit abroad, um, it would be great to yeah. grow uh, the Zone UK business. Um, but obviously that will only come if, we, if we're successful in the first phase using the content we own to, to engage with, with UK fight fans who are you know, amongst the most passionate in the world, as we know. Joseph, the, um, the, obviously, just for listeners, obviously you um, have, I think, ongoing deals with, obviously just to show the Anthony Joshua, to broadcast the Anthony Joshua, if broadcasting mm-hmm. is the right word for streaming, to stream the Anthony Joshua fights uh, from, from around the world in America. Um, you've also, uh, just to, to clarify, you've got the Gennady Golovkin fights, an 11-fight deal with with um, Saul Canelo Alfarez worth uh, 365 million US dollars to him. When the Sky deal uh, is up in June 2021, is this a kind of stealth way of DAZN kind of owning that market uh, eventually and moving in to... Um, a, a closer aligned deal with Matchroom UK as well, because obviously, reportedly, there's an eight-year deal with Matchroom USA worth potentially a billion dollars. So, uh, is this a, I say stealth, is this a move to do that? Uh, no, look, we've got a fantastic working relationship with um, many promoters, including Eddie Hearn and, and the Matchroom Boxing guys, Um that's primarily led out of the US, but we have relationships with them in, in Italy and in Spain. And we're talking to Eddie about um, what we could do potentially in other parts of the world. I know he's very interested in markets like Canada, uh, where we're live already in Australia. Um, look, the question ar- around his UK rights, that wouldn't be appropriate for me to comment on. That's a question for him. Look, what I would say, speaking myself, um, first and foremost, as a, as a British sports fan and British fight fans, what Sky have done for boxing in the UK in partnership with Matchroom has been tremendous. I've got I've got the uh, Quig Carroll card on in my living room here in, in the US uh, right now. So <laughs> and Quig's, Quig's I, taking a bit of a battering from Carroll, yeah, we've got to yeah. say, haven't we? In yeah, the... I'm slightly slightly distracted watching that in the background. But look, I, I, keep focused, Joe. Like, please keep focused. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> um, it's a conversation that's better had with with Eddie and Sky. We're not having that conversation. It will be inappropriate for us to do so. And we're primarily focused on, as I said, just testing the waters. I wouldn't even describe what we're doing as a specific UK launch. We're launching globally. Um, yes, content will be available on the zone in the UK. Yes, UK fight fans will be able to download the zone um, from sort of late April, early May, before that before that fight on May the 2nd. Um, but we're not specifically launching in the UK. We're not making any specific investment in the UK. What we're doing, as I said, is just using the content we own globally and making it available now. So yeah, I w- um, I, in, yeah. in time, we'll see what happens, is the best way of, I think, putting it. Um, I, I think the UK will be an interesting market. It's a huge sporting market it's a, amongst the most passionate fight fans as i've said in the world but it's not the only market that i think will be particularly interested going forward i think australia really interesting i think mexico is going to be really interesting i think the scandinavian markets interestingly i think india is going to be one that we um well all these countries all with. these countries you mentioned are, are interested you're saying your data saying you're interested in fight sports yeah 
Well, we're not live yet, but our research data that is driving this global sort of expansion is suggesting that those markets will be interesting. I'm, I'm sure also, Gareth, we'll learn, we'll be surprised by markets that, that aren't on that list um, when, we, when we turn the service on. That's the beauty of this in part for us. It's, we're a digital platform. Um, we collect data points that linear broadcasting, traditional pay television and free-to-air uh, broadcast television can never produce. Uh, and that allows us to be very scientific uh, and sort of planned in our in our investment decision making. That's part of the beauty of this global expansion because it gives us research data points that will allow us to more smartly scale our business going forward, including in uh, you know investment in broadcast rights. Where do we do that? What content do we buy? What content don't we buy? Uh, and where do we buy it? So um, yeah, it's it's part of the beauty of this expansion for us. Joseph, just quickly to finish, price point for uh, for UK fans and uh, where can they get more information? I'm, I'm assuming it's via your website. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, we'll be in touch with um, hundreds of thousands of uh, fight fans from around the world who've expressed an interest in the last couple of years of, of, of sort of, bit of testing the product when we're ready to do that. So in the month of April, British fight fans who've uh, indicated their interest will receive that. Um, from May the 2nd or prior to that, we'll be uh, live in all the app stores so you can download on all your all your devices, your iPhones, your iPads, your laptops, etc. Four ninety nine a month uh, is, is the um, British price point. Um, that's an introductory price point that we think re- fairly reflects the value of the content we'll be bringing. And um, but sort of early reactions, scanning my my social accounts, so that that's a pretty, pretty healthy reaction to that. So we're excited about that. We want to be committed to making content available cheaply, affordably, flexibly. It's a big part of our offer to fans. Um, something we've done everywhere. And uh, no different in the UK will be consistent with that. Now, one fight we're all excited about is Luke Campbell's upcoming world title fight. It's not been announced yet, but you can take it from us, it's happening because Luke Campbell joined us on the show and he announced it. What is the latest, my man? Um, I think there's an announcement, uh, a big announcement coming this week. Is it? Right, that's it. Well, there's, there's the best kept secret <laughs> well, can, in boxing just yeah, gone anyway. There you yeah, go. You've, exactly. you've, you've, you've kind of just done the announcement yourself. Nice one, my man. That's what we like yeah, to hear. Exactly, yeah. First Listen, time I've let it go first, I reckon. Good lad. Well done, mate. Listen, you've, you've been in this uh, in the big fights, the big world title fights, previously obviously against Jorge Linares. Uh, you've yeah. been in there against Vasil Lomachenko as well. Come up short against Linares in that fight. I've said to you on many occasions and on this show with Gareth, if there was another round, two rounds in there, you'd probably get your hand raised. And then obviously against Lomachenko, he's just a freak in nature. This is the, this is the, those fights are the ones that have led you to this particular moment now. That schooling, that elite amateur pedigree, that gold medal that you picked up as well. It's all leading to this moment now um, uh, in uh, Washington, D.C., isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, massively. I mean, we're all on different paths and... You know, I've I, I never had a an easy path uh, in the boxing career whatsoever. Even in even if you look back at the amateur days, I mean, I left the amateurs by being the most successful Great Britain amateur boxer, which is amazing yeah. and it sounds fantastic from the outside. But if you look closely, there was a lot of ups and downs in the amateurs. Um, you know, but at the end, I get I get there, and I do believe that's the same in, in the professional game as well. You know, I have had a few ups and downs and a um, couple of close decisions where I thought it might have gone in my favour with the Linares fight. And um, the Lemachenko was a, was, a fata- was a fantastic fight and a very competitive fight all the way through. But, you know, 
the better man won that night. But I, I learned a hell of a lot from that, and you know we're making adjustment adjustments and a few tweaks in my style here and there. And you're going to see the best. The best is yet to come. Um, so I'm very excited about this future, and I will get there, and I will be a world champion. For those that don't know Luke Campbell, I'm going to just beg you up now, Luke. Obviously, there's a gold phone box in Hull outside um, St Paul's Boxing Club. Uh, you won, just to clarify how you are the most decorated amateur in British boxing history, European Championships bronze 2009, Odense at Bantamweight. Gold in the European Championships, which is no mean feat, by the way, in 2008 in Liverpool. A silver in the World Championships in Baku in 2011, where Anthony Joshua got his silver as well. Who did you lose to in that? Um, I lost to the Cuban um, by two points in the final. Um, and he's still, I think, since then, he's, he's won another two or three World Championships. There you go. And then a gold in London at London in 2012, of course, at uh, Bantamweight as well. Um, my question for you is this. El Abejon, who you're facing, the bumblebee, from the Dominican Republic. He's 30 years old. He's, I think he's about five inches shorter than you. Is this one of those fights where you out-technique him? Um, I guess out-everything him, you know... It's a tough fight. He's a former world champion. Uh, he's got power. He's awkward. He's got skill. Um, it's, it's certainly a tough fight, but it's a fight I'm very excited for. I'm confident. Um, you know, I'm, I'm performing better than ever. And, I'm and he's really Southpaw. And he's Southpaw, remember, as well. So Southpaw as well, so mm. it's straight into a back-to-back camps with Southpaws. So, mm. you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> really on it. America as well, my man. America, the destination. You've been there previously. Obviously, we mentioned the Linares fight. Um, but again, from being a well-schooled amateur, travelling the world and doing this on uh, on away soil does not faze you one bit, does it? No, not at all. I enjoy fighting over in, over in America. Um, you know, I, I've done it before uh, and I'll do it again. I mean, I much prefer it here in the UK with all my friends, family and fans there, but um, I've got to go over there and get the title. Well, we, I'm going to say this to you, Adam and I, <laughs> wait for this, wait for this. Because it's a Friday uh, wait, night. Wait, 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 it? yeah, it's a Friday yeah. night fight. Adam yeah. and I are going to be out covering a UFC event in New York. Yeah. What we're going to do, oh, we're going to do their press conference on the Wednesday. We're going to do whatever their workouts are on the Thursday. On Friday morning, we're That's jumping right. on the Amtrak train for two and a <laughs> half hours. We're going to record this fight night show. We're going to come down there, do the event that you're fighting on in Oxen Hill, MGM National Harbour. We're going to do the fight, do the show from there, Luke, and we're going to celebrate your world title with you. Then we're going to get, we're going to get have a few beers. Then we're going to get on the train in the morning. <laughs> Get back on the Amtrak, finish off the show as we get off the train, and go and do the UFC event on there Saturday night. And do you know what? It's Khabib Nurmagomedov against Tony Ferguson. We're hoping you're going to come back up and watch it with us. That's it. Come watch some yeah, UFC with us. Where we? How about that? Tickets. I'll be there. How about that? Bring the wife. Is your wife going to be out? Yes, she will be. So yes. we'll get a couple of go. tickets for you for the UFC event, and you Bring come back up on us on the train, and we'll take the belt and parade it around all the fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Done. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> Done deal. There you go, the official part is happening in New York City. We've just sorted it out. Love it, stuff. love it. 
Nice one, Luke. Always good for an exclusive. Uh, now, as I said, Manchester was the destination at the weekend for Quig Carroll and a stellar undercard. Don McGuinness was there, and here's the review. We didn't really know what we were going to get from Scott Quigg. He's been so inactive, obviously. The last meaningful fight he had was Oscar Valdez two years ago, obviously, in the reign of Carson, California, when that was a brutal fight. Obviously, he's been in the wild card, then he's come back to train with Joe Gallagher. He had a fight a long time ago now in terms of a warm-up. So he got in tonight against John O'Carroll, who boxed beautifully from the off, and John O'Carroll just dominated. And, and to be perfectly honest, when the towel came in from Joe Gallagher in the 11th round, it was blessed relief, really. It wasn't there for Scott Quigg tonight. He was bravely and always going to gamely battle on. But it's John O'Carroll's night. He was sensational, really. And I think a lot will be said that, well, Scott Quigg may be a little bit shot and obviously maybe it's caught up with him. The timing was off from the, from the first spell. Just didn't look like Scott Quigg of old. Uh, and he admitted it in the ring afterwards as well, hinted at retirement as well. So I think it's possibly and, and probably should be the last time that we see Scott because he himself seemed uh, fairly resigned to the fact that it wasn't there tonight. He again, you know, praised Carroll's performance, which was, you know, sensational. It was the best John O'Carroll you've ever seen as well. So the two things combined made it a very, very painful night for Scott Quigg. His nose was bashed up in the first round. I think really he could only give him the second round. Uh, it was just that kind of night for him. So John O'Carroll, again, it opens up all sorts of opportunities for him. And for Scott Quigg, 31 years of age, he has been a world champion, had that WBA belt. He had that huge night here in this very arena with Carl Frampton, who's just walking away now. He's been working tonight for TV. And those days, it would seem a rover now. Dom, um, the, the, the weird thing tonight, and I said it to Ad in the build-up um, when we were talking up the fight tonight, was the fact that John O'Carroll needed to get into a rhythm early and get Scott Quigg's respect. But watching it live, I mean, we had it on in the monitors here while we were obviously going through the show and we're not able to watch it in, in minute detail. But it seemed to me that Scott Quigg's timing was just completely off tonight, that he couldn't even find it at all. No, that was, that was absolutely the case. It really was. It was From the very first spell, he didn't look quite right in there, didn't look comfortable. And John O'Carroll's plan, his, his game plan was fantastic. His movement was exceptional. It was like, Quigg looked like he'd never faced a southpaw before. Mm. Everything just looked wrong. And, and it was just one of those situations. We've seen it before. It's the case that, you know, it, it's just, it, he's aged overnight. It's just not there anymore. And Quigg himself, who is, the fiercest of competitors, yeah. the most demonic of trainers. Yeah. He said that everything had been right in terms of he got himself there, but he couldn't find any excuses and he didn't want to find any excuses. He was devastated when the towel came in. But, you know, he, even in just a few minutes' time, he was composed enough, even though his face was battered and bruised, composed enough to say, well, look, you know, if it's not there tonight, you know, he said at his best he should be dealing with Carol easily. And that's probably the case. He knows that. So if it's not there tonight, then he's got to be realistic. He said he was a realist. He thanked the fans for coming. Everything he said in that ring hinted that that is the end uh, mm. of Scott Quigg in terms of professional fighting. And, and, and to be honest, you know, he's had a fantastic career. You know, you'd like to, uh, he obviously has earned good money, particularly with the Frampton fight. And, you know, he's, he's been over in the wild card. He's, he's kind of lived the dream. And it, again, he, he hinted at that in the ring as well. He's had the big nights in this very arena. He's had the big nights, uh, you know, in the States. And again, he's, he's had a top career. And if at 31, that's when he's done, then that's when he's done. You know? and, and again, it would be a sensible decision to make on what we've seen tonight. But again, mm. that's up to Scott Quigg. He's his own man. But it, John O'Carroll just, just handily dealt with him. And as I say, I could only give him one round, Scott. In, in, you know, yeah, sort of it wasn't even competitive. Yeah. No, and then just... it's the second round that you'd look at it and you'd say, well, Quigg, you know, he, he, landed, he landed some telling punches in there. But even that, you, know, you could argue that well, it, 
you know, you could argue that it could have been Carroll's round as well. I think Carroll was completely dominant. And, you know, obviously Quig was very generous in his appraisal of, of Carroll, but he will be truly devastated that he, it, it, that, you know, if this is the end, he, to, to go out like that will absolutely hurt him. Listen, time waits for no man in this game. Mm. And I think, uh, like, like what you just said there, Dom, uh, everything that he said post-fight there kind of hints uh, that that is it. He's nothing left to prove. He can go out with his head held high, no question about that, yep. as a former world champion. Um, yep. But for John O'Carroll now, to have Scott yeah. Quigg on the resume, I know he's coming off the back of a defeat to Tevin Farmer, but I tell you something, what a performance that was. Footwork was on point. He was at it from the blooming yep. first bell. He looked sensational, mate. He, he really did. And, mm. and that's the thing. Is, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to look at the former world champion and say, oh, well, he's shot and he's gone and that's the end of Scott Quigg. But, you know, it, it's always one of those situations. You know, where's the headline? Because is it John O'Carroll's sensational performance or the fact that Scott Quigg looks bereft of the skills and, and the, the, the talent that we've, we've seen earlier on in his career? So, it, you know, he, he should have his moment, John O'Carroll, because he was brilliant. And he was facing, you know, again, as you say, a great name in Scott Quigg, you know, bona fide world champion and, and he's dealt with him. He's dealt with him pretty much for every every minute of every round. And uh, again, the movement was fantastic. I mean, the finish when it came, it was textbook stuff, making Scott miss and then punishing him. And and again, he you know he had him on the ropes, and it was it, it was just pinpoint. It was absolutely brilliant. You know, <laughs> it was really it was Lomachenko esque at times. And uh, you know that sounds a little bit over the top, but he, he just really did put on a great show, Carol. There you have it. Thank you very much for joining us once again on Fight Night. You can subscribe to this via iTunes. Make sure you hit the button on that and you can get all Android feeds uh, via our website, talksport.com. So therefore, you'll never miss out on any of our boxing content. We'll catch you next week. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>